0: Because I'm the founder of the company. Real estate agents, I trust.com.
1: Ladies and gentlemen.
2: Billy Halliwell and Chris Field. The church boys.
1: From the sublime to the ridiculous. The mostly ridiculous. It is a a wonderful Sunday afternoon. I
2: Hate these guys. What's that? What's that? Is that is that Billy Hallowell I see on the other end of my phone? Oh please. Of your phone. You're or so my, weird. my Skype connects from my computer. I don't know. Anyway, You know,
3: the the point no wonder, let me just actually, start here because the I know Peter's already starting it, right? in his while well, he's listening to this. <laughs> Chris has been, I usually am the flake, but Chris has been a flake for months now, and suddenly right. I, and I was uh, the flake uh, again. Right?
2: Finally, our roles were back to where they should be. Billy was completely out of it, and I was being responsible. um So, yeah, we're back. I don't know if anybody cares or not, but we, uh we, we actually got quite a few messages from people. I
1: want the church boys. I want my church boys. Give me my free content i'm a taker i'm a taker you guys give and give and give and I it was nice
3: though it was nice that people actually wanted to listen i know and that we missed two (laughs) episodes i mean we missed two episodes which is kind of a big deal for us
2: i wish we could sample stuff but right we we don't have the license but i'd love to sample that bit from uh what about bob (laughs) i need i need gimme 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 i need i need (laughs) are you what about bob fan
3: um, if you tell me you have ne- wait, I, wanna, wait, have I you, want to, but I do want to say well, something wait, for all you, he, you complainers. Hold on, because okay, okay, we did put out two free falls while we were at out, so it, it wasn't three. like we were radio silent. I think three, even I actually, you're three. right. We you did. We had three. Coach Kennedy, right? We had Matthew Sorens from World Relief, that was the refugee, right. one right, And right, then right, right. we had Mark Hall from Casting Crowds, which is actually a great, really interesting interview with him about his, his cancer battle and and that just shows you how bipolar this show is that we talked about a religious freedom battle with a, with the football coach <laughs> refugees <laughs> and then an interview with Mark Hall from Casting Grounds.
2: Oh man. So yeah, it's been um so we kind of teased a little bit of some stuff that's going on, you know, on Twitter with the show and Again, your manicures and pedicures, manicures and pedicures and that sort of thing. And, and, and to be fair, you know, most of it's just excuses. There are always reasons for things, but really, right. Really, it boils down to being excuses, but there are things that we've, that Billy and I have been working on and going through and proposing and, and some stuff we've been trying to get to happen with this show and some other ideas. Uh, we can't get into those details right now, but, um, so, there's we've had a very busy can we Wait, sca- wait, wait. Can, wait, wait, been, can we, we
3: tell them about your interpretive dance? No, that, that part of this no, plan no. that you're, but you can tell them about we you can on.
2: tell them later about the transition surgery. Oh boy. So, but Billy and I have been noodling through some ideas and some projects, and uh, we can't get into everything, but it has been, correct me if I'm wrong, Billy, a whirlwind, crazy, busy last
3: six weeks. Would that be it has fair? been that be fair? between yeah it has been between
4: it's your
2: been. travel and my travel and all sorts of other stuff and not simply vacations but like work-related things and
3: all sorts of i'm a, i'm allegedly finishing up another book <laughs> or at least working on one <laughs> pretending
2: <laughs> speaking of books we
3: got to get that coloring book together pedro's going nuts we do. We also need t-shirts. I, I'm going to put this call out there again. Does anybody want a Church Boys t-shirt? I think okay. that this is an important... Okay. You you are in charge of making them then because I'm going to have
2: nothing to do with that because I have watched other shows try to do t-shirts and it just becomes this horrible expense that they have because they created t-shirts that they didn't sell and couldn't get rid of and then have oh, boxes of t-shirts in anything. their
3: attics. Well, you, I no, think the coloring which... book pictures should be what's on the t shirt <laughs>
2: you know what we could do is we could just give the logo away and people get a high res version of our logo. And then just people could iron those onto their t-shirts if they wanted to. That would work. That sounds awful. Okay. So yeah. So it's been a a busy last couple of weeks. Now we don't, we can't get into the business side of things. Work stuff. Really? I mean, I love how professional we say our business side. Well, we work side, we do have very nice
3: professional things going on. Yes.
2: And we do. And we have some friends that we're talking to about some other things. And, uh, in fact, one celebrity friend of ours who wants to come on the show and talk to us and be a part of what we're doing. Uh, um, yes. again, we can't, can't say anything right now because it's not all ironed out, but anyway, good things are it's coming. Not we believe. Right. It's, it's not Madonna. I'll tell you, it's not Madonna. Madonna. Right. We can tell you who, some of who it's not. Uh, but we are working on those things and we want people to be excited about it because we're excited about the, we're excited about the potential, uh, of the projects that you and I have outlined. Is that fair? Yeah, I think okay. so. Okay. All right, so we've we've given you our excuses, and, and again, some of the busyness has been travel and that sort of thing. So Billy, I, I you told me that I had to share uh, some details from my anniversary trip that yeah, my wife you, were tra-
3: you went on a little anniversary trip and <laughs> had an interesting experience at a Barnes and Noble. Yeah, Would you like okay, to share? So I'll I'll get to that. But <laughs> okay. well, wait, wait, I do want to tell everybody. Chris doesn't tell me these things. I find out because his wife, much like when I fell asleep on the couch and looked like a sleeping creature, and my wife snapped a picture and texted it to Chris with one line that just said, you're welcome. Chris's wife reaches out to me and tells me things that happened to Chris. And so I learned this information from Chris's wife. And it's really
2: good that our wives really don't listen to the show very much. And even more importantly, they don't communicate with each other. <laughs> My wife talks to you more than she talks to your wife. And I actually tweet your wife sometimes from time to time. But anyway. Um, yeah, so we had a very interesting anniversary trip. Excuse me. It was our 15th anniversary. Yeah, that's for, like yeah, is, that's like a lot of
3: years. Yeah, I mean, it's that's, a really long time. I mean, like. like it's almost like, 20 years. Like, that's crazy. Like prison sentence long, you know. You guys, <laughs> you guys were married for a long time before you had kids, which I think is a good thing. Yeah, we were married what six years? Let's see, Izzy's nine, so yeah,
2: six about six years before we had kids, which is which I think which I would recommend if you're if you're young enough, I think it's I I recommend it. I don't I, again, I'm not if you want to start having kids immediately, that, that's cool, but you know, we we enjoyed those first six years of getting to know each other as a couple beyond just you know dating because I mean we unlike a lot of a lot of people. We saved ourselves for marriage. We didn't live together before we got married. I mean, we were very, um, we were just very Christian, very Nancy and Ned Nazarene, you know, uh, <laughs> before we got married. And so it was good for us to to enjoy life together as as a married couple living together for the first time and getting used to each other. And we just had a ton of fun. We did some fun traveling things uh, again. But I would say, after saying that, I wouldn't trade my life with my kids for anything, right? My life with my kids is so much better than my life before kids. I, I love having kids. Okay, that said, you gotta get away from time to time. So, for our, for our 15th anniversary, uh, the wife was thinking we should travel to like Switzerland or something. I'm like, how about we just go to Spokompton? <laughs> Which is the name we have around here for Spokane, Washington. And we just decided to do a weekend trip. Instead of doing something big, we'll do something big another time. So we went up to uh, Spokane, which is about two hours north of here, or two hours from here, I should say. And we went to Spokane, and and they've got some really nice hotels up there. We've got a few different Davenport hotels, and we stayed in one of those. And it this was, is was a classy joint, you know, like pretzels on the table, all sorts of fancy like that, right? <clears throat> <laughs> nothing, stupid. nothing. Crickets. Stupid. He's <laughs> <That's> so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so my wife, I told my wife she gets to choose where we're going to eat, and so she made some reservations at some places. And she made a reservation at the steakhouse and then said, oh, we could actually go somewhere else. And I'm like looking forward to steak. But I said, hey, listen, anniversary trip, I'll eat whatever you want to do. So the first night we go to P.F. Chang's, which is nothing special, but it's my wife's, one of my wife's favorite restaurants. And we don't have any down here where we live. The closest one is in Spokane. And she would go to P.F. Chang's all the time when we lived in in D.C. I mean, that was her favorite place. And are you you a P.F. Chang's person?
3: I've only been once because I don't really know if we even have them in here yeah, in New York. I, mean, I haven't seen them. It's
2: Chinese food, but kind of like in the lo- loosest sense of the term. I mean, yeah, I went I went in L.A., actually. It's, it's just a big, for me, it's a big bowl of okay. It's not bad, but there's nothing filling about it. I feel like I need to have a sandwich after I'm done.
3: Wow, that's shocking that you'd want a second meal. <laughs> so,
2: but we went there because it's a nice place, and we both like the place. She loves it. I like it. And it's just, it's fine. And so we do that. And so the next day she's made reservations for us at a place called, and I'm sure that you've heard of it. Now I've just blanked on the name of it. It has, it's a fondue place.
3: And what, wait a minute. At what oh, point were you accosted in a Barnes and Noble? Okay, because that's it's, it's all coming. I about. It's coming. You're going to get to this. Okay. And so,
2: so we go to uh, have you ever had fondue? It's a melting pot, melting pot. You ever heard of the melting pot? I yes, it's a national chain. Okay, so but there's not a whole ton of them, but there's one in there's one in Spokane, and so she made reservations there. We canceled, mind you, canceled dinner at a really nice steakhouse where I could get a huge, huge like twenty ounce steak (laughs) to go to this fondue place. She said, "You
1: don't have to worry about it. It's going to be a ton of food. It's going
2: to be delicious. You're going to love it. Really, you're just." And when she's trying to sell me on it, I'm like, "Listen, you don't have to sell me on it. I'm happy to go wherever you want to go. You like this place? I'm sure it's delicious. Let's do this, right?" You no, sound I, so have, compliant, way have, more compliant
3: than I could ever imagine you being <laughs> when it comes to food.
2: I'm just trying to be nice, right? Have you been to a fondue place? No, we had have, a fondue set. No, I'm I'm not talking about i f I've like gone to a rest fondue restaurant. No, I would okay, never go to
3: a fondue no, restaurant. Okay, so Sounds because awful. Because I'm you, not you, putting in any, any know, effort while you, I'm trying to eat no, aside from you putting pork to my mouth.
2: Do you know why you would never go to a fondue restaurant? Well
3: not big portions. Because you are way smarter than I am. That's why. That <laughs> would never. I'm picturing a miniature marshmallow, down some caramel, or okay, something.
2: Okay, so here's it. So we go to the Melting Pot again. Nice place. Very nice waitress. All the stuff. I mean, this this isn't a criticism of the Melting Pot. It is a wonderful restaurant. And if you're into fondue, I recommend it highly. It is more a criticism of fondue. Okay. So this is what I'm paying for. Instead of a giant porterhouse steak, right, and a big old coke or a big old tea and and a you know pie afterwards, here's what here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna to go to the fondue restaurant. And you're gonna be surprised at how much food you actually get in the fondue restaurant. You just it doesn't sound like it's gonna be a whole lot of food, but it really is a big big portions. I'm like, <laughs> are you having with me right now? <laughs> so we get there. Right. And so you wait a while to get your food and they put us in lover's lane because they found out it was our anniversary. So it's like this private hallway with, lined with different rooms, just small kind of cozier rooms. And they actually have curtains on them so that you can draw them shut. So you've kind of got your own space, you know, which is nice and romantical or whatever. So the waitress brings the food and it's, it's a, well, at first the menu is impossible to decipher. I mean, you have to have some sort of super decoder ring in order to figure out what the heck is on the menu because you get this cheese and this cheese. You get to pick from these cheeses and these these uh, appetizers here. And then you get to pick your main meal and you get to pick a dessert, right? So we get, she, she said, now, if, you order, and if you're each ordering the three-course meal, you have to decide on the same cheese because there's only one pot. Like, then why do you have multiple things on the menu? <laughs> <laughs> because that person and I, if, if there were three of us, God forbid, we would all have to eat the same thing. Or we'd all have to dip in the same thing. So she brings us the 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 cheese, which was, I swear to you, I could have just gone to the, my freezer and pulled out the cheese that we bought, the shredded cheese you buy at Costco, and put it in a, in a hot pot and melted it. I mean, that's what it was like for me, to me, right? Now, what does she? What do they bring? Mostly vegetables. So my appetizer <laughs> is taking cauliflower, which is a vile weed, by the way. I and, like cauliflower. And, and dipping it in melted. Cheap cheese. That's the opening appetizer, right? <laughs> and so then I'm thinking, okay, so we, we finished this in no time, right? It takes forever to finally get our meal. And then it's like, you're not even, they don't even have to cook it in the restaurant, right? Because everything comes out to you raw, raw vegetables, raw meats, all that stuff. You don't. Have to, there's nothing you have to prepare. You just bring out the, the pot and put it on the, because they, they, they warm it right there on the table in front of you, right? So they do all the cooking there in front of you. They bring you your little, your little cup of you know vegetables that they obviously pulled out of a bag from the refrigerator, right? And, and then they melt the cheese there in front of you and say, okay, now you just wait a little while. It's going to be hot around the edges. Be careful. Okay, fine. So we eat that. It takes no time to eat that because for one, you don't want to eat it. You just leave it aside.
3: <sighs> she finally, did your wife like it?
2: Oh yeah, of course she did. So she comes back and she says, okay, so we had ordered our main meal. She said, all right, we'll be right back. We'll bring you your main meal. 25 minutes later between the appetizer and the meal. She comes back with a pot of things. She says so now she puts it on there and adds all the spices and says it's going to be a little while before it's hot. As soon as it's hot, then you take this, we'll bring your meat out and you'll just stab your meat and stick it in the thing and let it sit there for two minutes per piece of meat, right? I kid you not. I ordered a five meat platter thing, right? Different kinds of meat. Three bites of each kind of meat.
1: Three. You're just going to be so surprised by the uh, by the portions. You're just, you're not going to leave hungry. It's very, very, very filling. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. This is a snack. And so I I'm have guessing to, you left and hungry. I, and
2: I have to cook it myself. What kind of a <laughs> restaurant do you cook your own food?
3: This sounds pay, awful.
2: Pay way too much money for food you have to cook on your own that you could have bought at Costco.
3: It sounds and, awful.
2: And again, that's not a criticism of... Of melting pot it's the style of food. No, it no no no
3: you're just trying not to get sued <laughs> but,
2: <laughs> but it's, the it's the style of food right we it's had just, a, von, like, a fondue set and i did I not ever use it it's because awful. of this it is so terrible the only the best part of the meal was the dessert because there was a dessert plate there and it, and it was a chocolate and then um uh there's this different like there's marshmallows and different brownie things you could dip and that was nice that was tasty but i'm i billy We were supposed to go to a movie afterwards. Dinner, how long does dinner normally take for you if you go out to dinner? You go out to a a immediate- 20 minutes once the food's a half an hour, and anything. Right, okay. Two and a half
3: hours I sat there. And your wife wasn't bothered by this at all?
2: Well, we finally got to the point, I said, she's she's texting on her phone or doing Facebook or something, probably talking to you. I'm like, why don't you put your phone down? where we can talk? He says- what are we going to talk about? I said, I don't know. The fact that we've been sitting here for two hours.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> anyway, so that was, that was right. Anniversary dinner. It was a special dinner and expensive, which is fine. I don't mind paying for an expensive meal, but I'm just supposed oh, to. Oh, you start mind. It. You mind a little. But it's you, fine. If you are, if you are, if you are, if you are someone, if your wife attempts to talk you belly into going out for fondue, punch her right in the mouth.
3: I will not allow it.
2: What the punching or the fondue? The okay. All right, so I've taken up enough time with the idiocy of the food.
3: So tell me about Barnes and Noble. That's people for anybody who's still listening, <laughs> and you're you're not totally disgusted. Anybody uh, we've offended on the fondue front, just bear with no, us I because think, the next part of I the think story is amazing. I think it's probably time for a break. So, no, no, you cannot break before you tell <laughs> okay, the story. Okay. All
2: right, so the wife decides we're going to go shopping, and we go to the. I don't know which mall we go to. Was this after the fondue? This was on the third day. So this was on Sunday. So fondue was Saturday night. Sunday, we're going shopping. We go to a a bookstore. It was Barnes and Noble. Pretty sure it was Barnes and Noble. Yeah, Barnes and Noble.
3: It was Barnes and Noble, according to the message I got.
2: Okay. So she's off at another store. And I said, I'm going to go to the bookstore. I'm tired of being in here. She said, okay. So I go to the bookstore. And I'm looking. I'm standing there at this table of books, just flipping through stuff. And I had picked up. My son's super into Star Wars. So I picked up some of these Star Wars, like a Star Wars buck and flipping through. Things. I think Culty might like this. And uh, <laughs> this dude comes up across from me at the table, right? And so it's, it's this table in the middle of the story it has got all the books on it. And he's looking, at <laughs> he just starts talking to me. He says, oh, are you? You find any good books yeah And I'm like, uh, no, no. I, and as soon, as soon as I start to speak to him, I look at him, I'm like, I start to get a vibe. I'm like, oh, you've got to be, you have got to be kidding me. You have got to be kidding me. What about this right here? Put out that vibe, right? So this dude starts talking to me. You find any good books? I said, no, I just got here. I just started looking. And that's when I look up and I go, oh, shoot. <laughs> And I'm looking at the Star Wars, but I had a Star Wars, I happen to have a Star Wars t-shirt on too or something. He goes, oh, you into Star Wars? I said, yeah. It's, it's, I, 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 I said, did you see the, the latest Star Wars movie, the last one that came out last year? I said, yeah. I did. He said, I haven't seen it yet. And, I, and he's like, well, well, what was good about it? You know? And he says, I mean, just hitting on me over. And, and then not just like in a friendly, are you into Star Wars two kind of thing? It's like, he's not into Star Wars. He's trying to find something that we hit, that he can pretend to have a common interest with me in. And, and he's just like lurking. And it's driving me crazy. <laughs> and finally, I just said, "I."
3: <laughs> Wait, what did you say?
1: <laughs> I remember
2: something like, I... <laughs> <laughs> So we're just sitting there, and finally, I just, I'm like, I gotta get out of this. I don't because this conversation has gone on for five or six minutes. Oh, gotta... Wow, this,
3: this is not like a 10-second
2: thing. No, it is not. I'm trying. How do I find a way to get out of this? And I'm like holding up my ring. I'm just like like start playing with my wedding ring, hoping that he's going to see that. And of course, this day and it doesn't freaking matter anyway. So I uh, finally he asked me a question and I answer it. And I go, yeah, this has been really nice, but um, I just got to go. And he goes, go where? And I go. I go. He <laughs> goes, go where? And I go anywhere else. <laughs> you did not say that. <laughs> <laughs> what did he say? Nothing. I just walked away.
1: So my you, wife.
3: Honestly, you know one of those people. You put them in. You put you. You're like a. You're like one of those things you plug in in college that boils hot water. And it's like it takes forever to boil. But then once something goes wrong, it boils over. And that is boiling <laughs> over anywhere but here.
2: <laughs> oh, there some, is no grace when I think it comes to your exits. I think I just said something like somewhere Anyway, <laughs> oh, and so my wife she still isn't in the store yet. And I'm like wandering around thinking, please walk into the store. <laughs> so I go to another section. I just kind of keep an eye on the door. And there she walks in. Like, I said, you're not going to believe this. And so I told her, I swear to you, I swear to you, within 30 seconds of my telling her, she had texted you and told you. Oh, I, I think it she was, was texting while you were telling her. It was it was less than a minute. I I swear.
3: <laughs> I was like and my and I said to my wife, Oh my gosh, Andrew, you gotta hear this story. <laughs> so, it was like telephone. Some of the nice
1: things.
2: <laughs> my wife just laughed and laughed. So I looked at her and I said, What are you laughing at? I still got it, baby.
1: <laughs> it wasn't, well you know it's funny. He wasn't a bad looking
3: man. You are <laughs> the one person that it's like you want that to happen to because you're going to handle it the most awkward out of anybody <laughs> <laughs> Like, i'm gonna go i need to go anywhere but here right now and then just flee so, as opposed to being like oh you know i would pretend that my phone was ringing or something and like have a fake conversation or something no,
2: i just walked away i just said that and walked
3: away
2: <laughs> yeah that's my life that's uh So do we need? Should we take a break and we'll come back and talk? Oh, you were going to talk about your family thing this weekend. Well, not like family thing, but like. Oh, I know what it was. Okay, this is the best time of year, right? Oh yes, I love. Well, pumpkins pumpkins are coming. Pumpkins have been here since July. It is getting just like the idiocy of Christmas decorations showing up in stores. By the way, Hobby Lobby's got whole walls full of Christmas decorations in mid-August. Totally inappropriate there's pumpkin spice coming stuff stuff coming out in like mid july it's ridiculous
3: yeah i mean duncan's already selling the pods which are i think duncan i think those pods excuse me that tastes leftover, like they're disgusting leftover from last year oh they're they're gross but i mean i i do like pumpkin stuff i i like oh. i like the starbucks pumpkin latte i think it's good i won't overdo it i have a couple of them a season i don't i'm not gonna go crazy for pumpkin yeah. i'm not like that but Pumpkin can be good oh, if it's yeah. done, if it's not overdone and well, it's not too processed. Or if
2: it's in the form of a pie. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, that's the best pumpkin. I the basically of
3: only pie. like the the Starbucks one. I don't like the Dunkin' one. Right. Um, and I only like pumpkin pie. I'm not in, I, mean, I had actually pumpkin flavored pretzels last year, which is oh, really good. Gross. That no, it was disgusting. good. It was no, good. It was no, super it good. Disgusting. Um. <clears throat> but other than that, I'm not really into into it. Yeah. You know, I think it's too much. But I do love this time of year oh, from September
2: first on. No, see, I go like mid August because my, well, my fall starts a little earlier than most people's fall, right? With football. But excuse me. Well, the yes, temperature to, has to change to though for me.
3: Yeah, that's it's the just, thing. And in New York, it doesn't really change until yeah. September. And even then, like right. even now, it's right right now. It's 84 degrees right. still. Yeah, we've, and we've had in the last
2: couple of weeks, we've had 90 degree, 90, 95 degree weather. But at nighttime, it cools down to like fifty degrees, forty-five. Yeah, see, so it's gotten degrees, down it's really to sixty nice. here,
3: so that just started right. at night, which is good. That means right. we're inching there. But you know, I'm all—I'm not like into let's do a fire pit during the summer. I want to do it in the fall. Everything yes, is fall for me. I, I love the fall. Yep. We live in a townhouse, which we like love our community. So during Halloween, it's just a great place for the kids to be—you know, trick or treating. Yep. It's just everything about, and I know for those of you listening who don't celebrate Halloween, don't worry, we're going to get back into that again like we did last year. I think it's a great debate. We need to have the debate. Um, because I listen, I have relatives who don't celebrate Halloween, and I never hear the end of it about how awful it is that we allow our kids to celebrate it as Christians. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, look, there are some Christians who don't celebrate Christmas apparently too. So I, know, I know, I know. Anyway, it's it's crazy. But, but this, time love- of year,
2: this time of year is the best time of year,
3: though. Absolutely, 100%. Hands down, and then so, but then January hits, and it's January's, de- uh, January, kill yourself. February's total depression.
2: I, just, I, I, I saw the the statistic statistics for suicide. Certainly, suicide rates have to be like ten times higher in January
3: and February. That's there's awful. an actual thing like that. Psychologists will. It, it's uh, the blue blue something. Or I forget the name of it, but there's a name for what happens in January. Oh, it's yeah. the holiday letdown. That's like a legitimate depression for people. It's a legitimate thing, and I get like, it every year. And you come out, I come out of it, but it's rough i I just don't i hate there's nothing to look forward to i'm not
2: in a depression but i'm in a little bit of a funk in january oh i'm in a
3: depression in january of
2: course you are but um but but for me like fall starts like i start thinking about well i think about football all year on but i i coach football and i love it and football practices started a week or so ago but you know early august we really start ramping up the coaches do talking about you know strategy and what we're going to do for the next year and players who are coming in and I start talking to my wife, you know, football season's coming, it's almost fall, she, and my wife's like,
1: do not, <clears throat> do not fast forward by summer, let's enjoy the summer, <laughs> like, <laughs> fall's coming, it's the
3: best time of year, I mean, like, we, well, you know, in my house, there's like a clear line yeah. when summer ends, because my wife's a teacher, so she right. has to go back to school, right, and... And so when that happens, which that actually happens next week, yeah, um, where she'll be back some days setting up, it's a clear end to the summer, and our life goes nuts. That that yep. the only yep. downside of fall is that our lives go from the tranquil, calm summer of the kids sleeping <laughs> in and my wife sleeping <laughs> in to total chaos oh. for like nine more nine or ten. Our, months. Su- our but, summers are our
2: summers are more chaotic than our than our than the rest of the year because we travel and the kids are out of school and so they're home with mommy and it's nuts. But you got a weird schedule
3: too, though. We do. We, we got a, like a tough schedule. But I, what I hate about that, what I hate about like the holidays and stuff, is that you know I feel like it would not kill businesses and companies and the government and some government institutions to to give the Wednesday before or do like a half day on the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. It is so hard. We always talk about wanting to travel. It's so hard. You're working a full day by the time you get right. out. Yep. It's really tough to travel for Thanksgiving. You've got to travel into the night with kids or you've got to leave early on Thanksgiving morning to get anywhere.
2: Yeah. Yep. It's tough. Yeah, it's it's crazy. So, anyway, loving I love football season. I love fall. I love and I think I told you I one of the, there are a couple things, a couple other things that I love about fall that maybe you don't think of but then when you think about it like oh i do love that i love soup and stew and i love you know your hard crunchy bread that you dip in soup and sandwiches you know i love that stuff and i love the wardrobe of fall where you can wear jeans and flip flops and a t-shirt maybe a sweatshirt if you want to it's just the best fall is absolutely where it is all the way to christmas now all right wait a minute yeah we should take a break okay let me find my you you've switched things up on me here all right we'll come back and what are we gonna what are we gonna hit did you want to talk about the christmas thing because we were gonna talk about holidays and christmas we don't have to we can do yeah things. let's talk about christmas because well hey it's only four months away it's august let's do it let's right, talk about okay, it we'll be right back oh, that was quiet stop it stop hey we're gonna go ahead and do that again because we are professional i'm gonna turn the uh ipad up just a hair we are back and th- we are uh Idiot. We are idiots. That's true.
0: I am a big fan of disruptive ideas, and this year, Casper mattresses is on the top of my list. Hi, it's Glenn Beck, and I love sleeping on my Casper mattress. Casper is an obsessively engineered mattress. At an unbelievably fair price it combines springy latex and supportive memory foams to create an award-winning sleep service with just the right sink and just the right bounce and better yet it breathes so you don't wake up drenched in sweat time magazine named it one of the best inventions of 2015. In fact, it's now the most awarded mattress of the decade. Try Casper for a hundred nights, risk-free in your home. And if you don't love it, they're gonna pick it up and refund everything. Imagine that—a company so confident that their product is what you want that they'll offer a 100% refund. Made in America, with free shipping and returns to U.S. and Canada. Get $50 off of any mattress purchase by visiting Casper.com/glen and use the promo code Glen. Terms and conditions do apply. Go to Casper.com/glen. caspercom Glenn. Len.
1: back to the <laughs> church boys
2: <laughs> so billy's got me going here <clears throat> so this is kind of our welcome back family update show i guess i don't know exactly. yeah so if you're mind. bored oh
3: well it's like the next episode will be back to normal but Tough, I'm not because we're having a blast Well, let's let's get into the real contentious subject matter, though—the thing that divides families. And my wife is home today, and I'm in my downstairs office slash (laughs) studio, and I'm sure she's going to hear this and start like burning up with anger. But (laughs) (laughs) okay, Now,
2: folks, I'm going to make Billy. I'm I'm going to state this now, so that Billy has to talk about it. He promised me that he is going to bring up a super embarrassing (laughs) episode that happened to him. Over the weekend? Was it over the weekend? It was over the weekend. It was with a okay.
3: relative and friends who were at a party. Okay. Okay, <laughs> okay so. Not gonna get more specific than that. Begin. Well, uh, before we go there, <laughs> let's talk about Christmas. I think we need to talk about Christmas because it's not uh, just Christmas; it's the holidays. Yes. I'm gonna put it all out there at the risk of hoping that nobody I know in a fa- in my family is listening to this. No, but look, I, in all honesty, the holidays I think for a lot of families are a big point of contention. Yeah. Not all families. Yeah, I agree. Some families have it all mapped out, but trying to figure out what are you gonna do for what are you gonna do for Thanksgiving, what are you gonna do for Christmas, and, and other holidays like Easter too. But I think those two, Thanksgiving and Christmas, are the most Contentious. Yep. Are you going to travel? Are you not? Right. Who's switching off? Who's hosting? And then you have all the other BS that goes on with families, all the yep. other drama. Chris doesn't have that because his family is like uh, perfect. So well, there's but that, Yes. most of us have the perfection those stems techniques. from one place. Thank you very much. I'm sorry? Not not you. Probably your wife. <laughs> yeah. Um, because she's awesome. But That's anyway, true. so so in my family. Yeah, you know, look, there's I I live about 6-hour drive from where I grew up. My whole family's still up there. My wife's family's local to where we are now. And so, you know, we we always are trying to balance that. How do you, how do you do it fairly? For us, we like to be home on Christmas. So, um <laughs> We like to wake up in our house with our kids. And I know – and actually I want to hear from people if they think that's unreasonable. I don't think it's unreasonable. I think for us, it's just – first of all, it's tough to travel with kids. I don't mind doing it. We do it other times during the year. But on Christmas, I think it's nice for your kids to wake up in their house. And if people want to come to us, they can. Um, But, you know, it's it's like an ongoing thing because – you know, everybody wants you to do what they want you to do on the right. what they right. want on the holidays, right. not what you okay, want. So I, you keep hearing me giggle in the background because I know the full story.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, it's, but but it's but it's
3: and it's nothing against anybody. It's nothing like you don't want to go and but but I think hmm. my thing is this: I think you have to do what's best for your family, and that may be that you decide traveling every year is great for you, <sighs> or you may decide that you don't want to travel every year. Um, but, you know, what we try to do to make it fair, as Chris cardiac arrests oh, on the man. other line, is, is we try to, you know, we stay home for Christmas. But on the 26th at like 5 a.m., we roll out after Christmas So right. we clean up, we roll out and we go up to my family and we spend about four or five days there. Um, and so we kind of celebrate the 26th to the 30th with them. Right. 29th to 30th to make up for that. And we right. do another Christmas party now, is, with everybody. Is that in. the time of year when you
2: get told what a letdown you are, what a disappointment? <laughs> is, that, <laughs> well, that, you know, is
3: that that time of year? They want... my, You know, my family would love nothing more for us to be there for a Christmas. Whereas I sort of say, well, we're coming the 26th. It's chaotic enough. And let's face it, when I'm my parents are young. Right. And so my family is relatively... Like, you know, well, let me just scare you, Chris. My parents are like 16 years older than you. So, you know,
2: they're only in their, they're in their mid fifties, upper fifties. My mom's
3: 54. So yeah, they're young. And, and so the rest of the family is young. So there's a lot of people to see. Is your mom hot? That's the grossest thing anybody's ever (laughs) asked me before. Um, anyway, the, it is, it is, um, a tough, you know, situations. Right. But, but you know, they've been good about it. And my parents always come for Christmas and spend time with us. They've been pretty good about that. But, like, if they choose not to one year, that's okay. You know, we, it's okay. We don't all have to be together on Christmas right. Day. Jesus wasn't even born on Christmas Day. Well, I'm pretty sure he was. <laughs> <laughs> Might not have been
2: December 25th. But I'm pretty sure that Jesus That's was what, born um, on Christmas Day. I'm, I'm,
3: of course, on Christmas Day. But on December 25th, okay. was very likely not born. So, oh, you so you, and you know this how? You were there? Uh, I was okay. one of the goats, yeah. Okay. Um, which reminds me, there's a, a movie coming out, an animated about story goats? about the animals at Christmas. Oh, really? Sounds a- riveting. Well, anyway, so the bottom line is I I would love to know what other people's experiences with the holidays are because I I do think it's – and here's what makes me laugh about it. Every year I'm of the mind of because this is kind of a point of contention, why don't we wait until – like. November 1st to talk about it (laughs) because there's no point talking about it sooner. (laughs) But everybody's intent on talking about it in July or August. So you start talking about it in the summer. And so, of course, we had a birthday party for my four-year-old and my one-year-old this past weekend. And we're already talking about Christmas. And I'm like, why? For the love of Pete's sake, why are we talking about Christmas Because when
1: else are we going to harp on the fact that you're a lousy son? If we don't plan this ahead of time, how are we going to get it taken care of?
3: it's just it makes me crazy but but i again i think you have to decide what's right for your family now chris you guys travel sometimes (laughs) we do every other like my wife's family is about is
2: down in the boise area and so every other year we we travel to wherever her family is and now like last year it was we went to uh alabama george alabama she has a baby sister in alabama with her husband, so after last year with the fuster cluck that, that was just simply because it was a long flight and we got three littles. We're like, you know what? Well, you guys are crazy. We should, maybe we just need to have Christmas
3: at home every year. That's But that's our thing. Right. What, here's, here's the other if thing. If you wanna see us, come see us. I, right. I work up until the twenty even yeah, teaching because yeah, 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 I teach yeah. some classes. Yep. I so my my semester this year ends <laughs> December twenty-third. Right. Um my wife teaches until the twenty-third. You know, so on top of yep. that, you know, we're all we're like working too. And it's just like, you know, we it's not, it's way too much to do it. It's yep. way too much. It's okay to do it the twenty-sixth, but there's so much to prepare. And the other factor. You know, we have other family members who need help here yeah. with the holidays, yeah. right? Too. So, so leaving is not always. It's just easier to stay and then right. go the twenty sixth. I feel like that's a good mm-hmm. middle ground, and I think right. a lot of people in my family are fine with that. You know, but yeah. but again, I, I, there's something about people wanting their family there on Christmas morning. It's like yeah, no, we want you there on Christmas morning, right? I'm but like, it's, no, I want to be
2: home, right? But that's the, but their their feeling is the same feeling you have. It's like I want to be home with my family on Christmas morning, and that's and that's the same feeling they have, right? Totally. But, I mean, the thing the thing that the thing where we we would we, we would still consider traveling for for JC's family for my wife's family you know next year because this year will be a home christmas but um like my neither of my sisters are married so that's like they don't have to bring siblings over from seattle at all i mean have children over from seattle at all <clears throat> so it's they just naturally come here my folks live just down the street and that sort of thing so when it's here it's not a problem when we have to go have to when we go to JC's my wife's uh, family's side for Christmas we have a really good time and and you know something that really that I have to continue to remind myself of is one of my brother-in-laws uh, last year just kind of got misty-eyed and just talked about he says how cool it is that he said that everybody made the effort to be here because there was a storm that was going to keep that was keeping people from landing and we had people changing flights and everything and just he was so impressed he said you know my, my family doesn't do this and I was—he was impressed that you know this family chose did everything they could to still be together at Christmas, and that really meant something to him. And I—and I, that it should mean something to him because it is very significant. Uh, and, and that's the reason that we would keep traveling is because we like being around them, but also, there are, you know it is important. And so I—I don't, I don't know what we'll do next year. We'll deal with next year when next year rolls around, but.
3: Yeah, we have a No, and six. I re- and I respect it. I just think, you know, for uh, for us it's just, you know, we'll go the 26th, we'll see you then and Christmas is at our house. And it and some might call that selfish. I just think it it's what makes sense for us. I mean, and and but I think I think again too and you guys are going way farther than we are. I mean, we're driving 6 hours. You're taking a flight, 6 hours probably. Yeah. Um I just, that is our policy. That's mm. what we're sticking with. And, you know, I feel like because I was mentioning the age of my parents and how big the family is, there's a million people to see. There's no way to right. even see everybody on yeah. Christmas, right? Yeah. right? So it's almost better to have the four or five days after to be able to see everyone yeah. that we want to see because not everybody goes to one place in my yeah. family, which is a whole other factor. So, right. you know, it's chaos. And my but. my mom has, my, so my my aunts
2: and uncles and all, I mean, we have a big extended family. My wife, My mother's siblings and their families and my grandparents are still around and so we and we do a big thing in the days after Christmas all the way through New Year's we do a big family thing at New Year's and you know watch football and get together and eat and we have you know we have a worship time like on December 30th or something kind of have like a family church time together and and get together I mean it's really nice and we love it and so you know I'm very thankful for it do you guys do now do you guys do Santa Claus yeah we do do you
3: is that, not everyone loves that in our family. Not, not we everybody's do
2: a big fan of Santa Claus on your your parts.
3: Well, there's this belief that Santa Claus is going to... Ru- like, if you teach your kids that Santa exists, that right. you're going to ruin their faith in Jesus, right. which I, I do not think that that is necessarily the case. But um, there you go. So I understand, I understand the opposition to Santa. What I don't understand is the obsessive opposition to Santa to the point of it's... I don't... I think it is fun for kids it's part of growing up i mean it's almost like a lot of kids think that, that who are you calling it's weird
1: uh hello
3: hello, hello?
1: This, this is laura hollowell billy's mother speaking who is this
3: <laughs> no <laughs> hi mom
1: oh uh, this is billy Billy yeah. how are you? I haven't spoken to you in days.
3: I'm good. I'm good. I'm okay, just go recording our podcast, so maybe this isn't the best time oh. for us to talk. Well,
1: this is well, then this Could is the I could I maybe call you, to
3: Could I maybe no, I could just I needed,
1: call you back? I just need No, I just needed to do, Could you just leave a message for your co-host, that darling, darling, a uh, Chris Field character. Would you would you just leave a message for him?
3: Yeah. Uh-huh. He just been uh, My man?
1: My my message my message for Chris is um would you please teach Billy uh to be such a good loving son as you obviously are. Uh Billy is such a disappointment to to me and to his father. Um, um, um I'm on the line. I'm really I'm I'm really concerned um, I'm really concerned about Billy's drinking problem. Um Drinking <laughs> <laughs> problem? We were really hoping that they would come to see us for for Christmas time because we were going to have a big family intervention. So if you could do something to to convince Billy to please please come to time I with us. Mom, I can still hear you. That, has, Billy? Is that mom. Billy?
3: Yeah, mom you weren't leaving a message on a voicemail I could actually hear you.
1: Oh, what's a Billy? I love you so much and I'm just so proud of what you. The man problem? that you've become, you're, you're such a good son um. and you're a good father.
3: What drinking problem so, are you talking about, Mom? You're out of control.
1: I I'm really I'm really not sure what you're talking about, Billy.
3: I just Billy, heard you leaving just, the message.
1: Now, Billy, you're just hearing things. Obviously you know what it is. You're hearing demonic voices on the telephone. Oh my God. So give your love give your love to your give my love to your lovely wife Andrea for me and your and your wonderful, well behaved darling children. I just love you so much, Billy. I'll see you at Christmas. Uh, wait,
3: Mom, I'm not coming for Christmas. <laughs> oh my god. That was that was weird. Uh yeah. She's, it was I, I, more she, than weird. She doesn't
2: normally she doesn't normally call into the show.
3: <laughs> really? Well <laughs> I hate you.
1: <laughs> Why do I get stuck? In?
3: <laughs> I can't wait for the day that the real Laura Oliwell listens into the show and hears a sca- play like <laughs> making these skits up. <laughs> did she,
2: did she <laughs> answer the phone? This is Laura Hollowell, Billy's mother, speaking. <laughs> I hate you. Uh, I don't even know what came over me to do that. But I mean, I mean, well, I don't know what came over her to call. I mean, she didn't even know. It was amazing that she was like on point with what we had been talking about. So that was that was fun.
3: Yeah. So amazing. What, a, what a, She's a very intuitive and special woman. We, we have an interview to play before we get out
2: of here. Okay. So let's, uh, let's why don't you introduce the video. Video. Jeez. Introduce the interview. We'll take a break. We'll come back and we'll close. Does that work? Yeah, that sounds good. This, um, is, this has been the family update show. So what are we going to play for our interview? Which, which we've got a fun. couple we just recorded. So what, what do we got here?
3: Um, so this is this is Shauna Norquest, who um, Nyquest, sorry, who is a Christian author. She's the son. The the, the son, son. Oh my of. gosh. The daughter. I know. Hi, this Sh- it. <laughs>
1: Hello,
0: this is Shauna.
3: Stop. <laughs> the daughter of Bill. <laughs> this is what happens when you don't sleep and you're sleep deprived. This is the daughter of Bill Hybels, um, who has a new book out. She talks about um, her book. She talks about. Basically, and it's sort of funny because I'm going to be honest with you. At first, I thought this is going to be a really boring topic, right. if I'm being fully honest. Um, and I know she's not boring. She's super interesting. She has a big following. But as we talked with her, there were some interesting elements, a lot of interesting elements of, of how we deal with our lives and how busy we are and how unhappy we can become as Christians even. by Especially people like, like us who have a lot of things going on. Um, you know, you can become really unhappy. And, and what's the point if you're unhappy, even if you're working in ministry, right? Like yeah. she does. What, what's, if you're unhappy, that's just right. ridiculous. Right. And let me let me see, before we play this interview, that I should apologize to
2: the listener and to Shannon because I speak very little. I mean, maybe that's a good thing, but I sound extremely disengaged. But because as soon as we started this interview, I hit record, I get like 60 email messages that I have to answer from from coworkers at the place. And I'm going, are you kidding me? Why couldn't you have asked me this question uh, two, um, two minutes ago or, well, or in 10 you minutes? tell them
3: I'm going to record that <laughs> I'm going to be like, recording. Okay,
2: Chris, no problem. Leave, leave me alone. And then inevitably, and every time I'll be off recording, or I'm doing an interview, It uh, my increase the, the increase of my uh, Slack and instant message and email traffic, it goes up tenfold every time. It's like they did it on purpose. Anyway, so, if I sound disengaged, it's not because I wasn't interested in Shauna or what she had to say, uh, but because my coworkers are nagging me, which is fine. It's my
3: job. But all right, just shut up and play the interview. <laughs> okay, here we go. It's Billy Hollowell here with the Church Boys Podcast. I have Chris Field on the line, and I also have author Shauna Nequist. How you doing today, Shauna?
4: I'm good. How are you?
3: I'm good. I'm good. So um, you have a new book that is coming out here in just a few days, Present Over Perfect. And yeah, I, one of the things that's interesting about this book is it deals with a topic I think a lot of us are, we're aware of, we're aware of the dynamics in our lives and how busy and crazy things are, but a lot of us don't, and I'm totally guilty of this, in fact, just before we got on the show, I was complaining to Chris about all these things that I have to get done that I need to fit in somehow in the next week, um, a book deadline myself and all these other things, so it we live in chaos, a lot of us, Um and so I want to get into that with you. But I guess I'll just start by asking what your motivation was you know, for writing this book.
4: Well, you know, I always write um, – I pick a topic that I need to learn, um, not one that I have already learned. And so um, when it was time to write the next book, um, I found myself uh, – so far over the edge of, um, busy and frantic and exhausted and isolated that I knew I needed to make really serious change. I I wanted my life to look really different than it, than it did in that season. And so I thought one way that I know, uh, to change my life is to write about it day by day and to really uncover what it, how, how I got here and how I can get out of this place.
3: That's interesting. And I think, you know, the notion of writing about what you haven't learned is sort of the opposite of the way a lot of other authors kind of go about things they and i think i think it's one of the most interesting ways to do a book and you kind of discover for yourself as you're um helping other people along in a journey um you know we we live in a culture that values hard work being busy speed and these are all things that you know well in, in writing this book What are some of the pitfalls? I mean, you started to talk about some of how you were feeling, but what are some of the pitfalls of a life that embraces those values over time, maybe too fervently?
4: Well, yeah. And, you know, uh, I will always be a hard work person. I'll always be someone who wants my life to matter and have meaning. And I I love feeling tired at the end of a good work day. but for me, that tipped too far. And um, both in my work life and my home life, I was kind of on a constant treadmill of trying to prove that I was the most responsible person in the room, that I would never miss a deadline, that things would never be messy. That I, and I, and I, I thought that working and working and working would bring me happiness and meaning. And working and working and working just brought me exhaustion and isolation. <laughs>
3: Yeah. And it seems like a lot of people are, are in that, you know, mode. I mean, I think, and I think it's gotten, I feel like it's gotten worse and it could just be just because I'm getting older and because I'm taking on more. I feel that I feel some of those things too. Um, you know, you, you talk generally about this time frame and this season in your life where you're kind of feeling this way. Was there a specific breaking point for you where, you know, a specific event or moment where you just realized, okay, this has to change.
4: Yeah. You know, um, like anything, there were, I'm sure, a million kind of warning signs and reminders along the way. But if you're living in such a way that you're, li- you, that you're going too fast, you miss all those kind of subtle signs. But I did have a moment. Um, I was speaking at a retreat in Dallas, and I had been in Dallas already three times that month, which it's a good city, but you shouldn't go there three times in a month um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for really any reason. Um, and I just, I was aware, I, I was afraid that the best parts of me were being sacrificed uh, kind of on the altar of my busy, heavy, productive to-do list. And, and so I was in between um, sessions at a retreat and I went back up to my hotel room and I just laid on the bed, shoes on, coat on. I just looked up at the ceiling and I said, if anybody else thinks this looks fun, if anybody else wants to try living this life I've created for myself, they are more than welcome to it, but I'm done and I'm going to do anything I have to do to find a new way of living.
3: Wow, and, and what were what were your first steps? Like, were you already working on um, present over perfect at that point? And what were sort of your first steps then to do that?
4: You know, the first steps for me, um, and I would encourage anybody who kind of really—I I mean, this sounds hyperbolic when I say it, but I don't think it actually is. I don't think I've done ever anything of meaning in my life by myself. I think every meaningful thing I've done, I've done it in the context of community. And so that's the way I, I went through this change. The, as soon as I got home from that trip, I had a conversation with my husband and I said, hey, I, I don't totally know what this path is going to look like, but I had a, kind of a moment today where I'm leaving behind this way of living. And it, again, it'll take a long time to figure this out and I probably won't do it very well, but I, I need to let you know that, that I'm going to find a new way to do this. And then my my dad is one of my closest friends and he came over that night and I told him he's he's a pastor and somebody I really respect. And I think someone I tried to emulate for a long time. Um, but he, he can, uh, he's a higher capacity person than I am. He can push harder than I can for longer than I can. And so I said to him, Hey, listen, I think I've spent a lot of effort and energy trying to keep up your pace and I'm drowning. And I, At this point, I'm even okay if I disappoint you, but I need a new way to live. And I was pretty scared in that moment. And he put his hands on my shoulders and his eyes filled with tears. And he said, thank God, I have been so worried about you. And I'm afraid we're going to lose the best parts of you. If you keep trying to keep up with somebody, you're never, you know, like we're just different people. And so my first conversations were with my dad and and my husband, and then the next two were with my small group and with my mentor. And I kind of invited all those people in to say, I don't know exactly where we're going, but we're going somewhere different. And I want your help, and I want your accountability, and I want your challenge, and I want you to remind me when I forget. And they really have done that. They've been kind of the training wheels I've needed along this journey.
3: And you know, it's interesting because I know what goes into book promotion, as anybody who interviews people or who has worked on book projects or observed them knows, you know, how do you not fall back into those traps? Because here, I mean, here we are, we're talking about your book right now. And I know, how, again, how crazy that schedule can be. What are some of the, you mentioned maybe a few of them just now, but some of the other safeguards for yourself that you kind of put up to make sure, you know what, I, I do have this public crazy schedule going on, but but kind of curtailing that a little bit to, to ensure you don't end up where you were before.
4: Yeah, and, and a lot of it is... um hard choices that you make before the process even starts. So when I talked with my team about what it was going to be like to release this book, I said, we're doing it a really different way. And, um, around the table, we sat around a table and I said, we're, we're not going to release a book about connection and grace and rest, um, and compromise those qualities in our own lives. We're just not going to do it. So, um, I'm traveling a quarter of what I have on other books, I'm sitting here completely in my pajamas right now, um, and then I decided. Um, the, probably the biggest thing was um, I'm a kind of a beach girl, and it, we usually spend our summers in um, like Michigan on the Michigan side. And initially, when I first saw that we were going to release a book in early August, I was like, "Well, obviously, you know, old me says you stay home where you've got like a printer and childcare, and and you make this a you know you work you hustle for your life this summer, right?" And then as it got closer, I realized, you know what? The best place for me to be is the lake. And I'm going to spend a lot of time with my kids. I'm going to spend a lot of time on the porch. I'm going to spend a lot of time at the farmer's market. That's the right way to release a book that's about this kind of stuff. And I'm going to trust. I still worked. I still got a lot of stuff done. I still stayed connected with my team. But I am really, um, is it Richard Rohr who says, how you do anything is how you do everything? And I, I'm really committed even in this book launch that, you know, I'm not willing to take a time out and say like, okay, I'm just going to do crazy for like six weeks. Okay. Like we're just gonna, <laughs> I'm just gonna go back to my old way. And then I'll, I'll do that like cool present over perfect thing after the book is launched. So like, we're going to do that this way. And so, um, I'm my team knows what my boundaries are and, and what my schedule is like, and they know my kid's schedule and how important that is to me. And they know how many nights a week I need to be home for dinner. And, Mm. um, I'm thrilled that the book launch has been as successful as it has, especially because we did it in the way that we believed in. And, um, I'm really thankful to know that that can happen. You know, it's easy to think in that scarcity model of like, you can never have a successful launch, uh, if you don't just hustle till you're about to die. Right. And the, this story is telling us that's not true. You could do it a lot of different ways and it can still be, um, still get to people and still be an exciting watch.
3: No, absolutely. And what would you say, how deep are the biblical roots and, and, you know, your faith in this book and in sort of driving some of this home? You know, take me through that and, and what you've learned through your faith in this process.
4: Well, that, that was one of the surprises, you know, when you, when you start off, with a topic that you want to learn as opposed to one you want, want to kind of report on, you, you do find out things along the way. And I think at the beginning of this process, I thought this was more about like, like time management and smart systems and self care. Like I thought maybe there was like an app that everyone had that I just didn't have yet. And <laughs> once I got that app, then all of a sudden things would stop feeling so overwhelming and chaotic. Right. And I was a little bit, surprised to figure out, and you can feel this as you read the book, that it starts off about time and chaos, and it becomes very much about a spiritual journey, um, because that's how it felt to me in my life. This became about um, the way I read the Bible, the way I pray, the time I spend with God, the things uh, that I bring to Him in prayer, my spiritual practices. This was so much more kind of a spiritual excavation and rebuild than it was a schedule reshuffle
3: that's interesting
2: yeah but, and you know and if, if God took if God took a day off at the end of creation to take to take a rest I mean, it probably means we ought to right take some time to rest, right? and and, you know, take a break from our schedule say
4: all the, totally and you know we joke about it sometimes people are like how fascinating that there are ten commandments and only nine that we even consider keeping right
1: right right, right. That
4: we are most American Christians are just so incredibly uh disconnected to the idea of Sabbath even right. though it's Literally, the example of our Creator and a commandment. We're right. just like, yeah, that one, not so much. Yeah, we're all about, um, we're all
2: about the Big Ten and getting them put on our courthouse walls and on our courthouse lawns. But we really would just like to have nine out of the ten out there.
4: <laughs> I guess so, <laughs> and, and I'm not saying that as an indictment of anyone else, but just no. of me. Like that's
2: right. Well, you that's how, how we are.
4: I take those things very seriously, yeah. and I somehow escaped taking that one seriously. Yep. So, um, a lot of this journey for me has been about. Um, understanding what rest means in a spiritual context. And essentially it's saying like, uh, there is a God and I'm not him. And I'm going to trust that the things I believe have to get done today in like a truly spiritual sense will be handled another way that I can trust him and and stop hustling.
3: Well, you yeah, know, the last question I have for you, and I don't know Chris may have some other questions for you, but you know i I would love to know what is the key thing, and maybe there's more than one, and you spoke to this a little bit just now, but the key spiritual change you made um without giving away too much of the book um to to help maybe or maybe just the spiritual change that had the biggest impact on you in going through this journey,
4: yeah, I think for me the the ones that that um I think for the biggest change are some of the contemplative practices, specifically the practice of uh, silence and um, centering prayer. Um, Because those are the two greatest antidotes to a life of frantic activity. Right. Um, I realized, you know, along the way that the busyness and the frantic living was keeping me from experiencing silence in any meaningful way. Um, And so silence became sort of, uh, the sacred place that God worked, uh, where God worked in me and and, and, and on my heart. Um, and I I have become, over these last couple of years, a person for whom the practice of silence is very important. And then centering prayer, I'm terrible at it. I'm like the worst, you know, but, but I'm trying. And, and essentially what you do is you focus on one name or attribute of God from the Bible, and you focus only on that, and you let God remind you of who he is, um, without, you know, blurting out all your anxieties or thought, you know, there's other ways to pray and you can do all that. But in this one, it's just sort of clearing your mind and your heart to focus only on that one thing. And for me, that one thing is unconditional love. Hmm. And so I, uh, begin and end my day every day, spending just a couple minutes, um, praying very, uh, intentionally asking God to remind me of the truth of his unconditional love. Essentially, I I ask him to remind me, you know, there's nothing I can do today to earn or gain more love from him. I already am in a full tank. There is no more. There can cosmically never be more. And there's nothing I can do in this day to break or squander or ruin that love. Nothing, no failure, no nothing. Um, and, And when you start and end your day that way, then you live with a lot of freedom, right? like I, mm-hmm. I can work hard or not hard, I can try and fail, I can make a mistake, I can rest, I can play because my essential worth is not on the line every single day. It's already been anchored because that unconditional love is offered to every one of us
3: well listen this has been this has been great. Chris, do you have any uh, follow-up no questions i'm not here? I'm not bright enough to come up with follow-up questions. <laughs> Well, well, Shauna, I love this. We would love to have you back again. We'll make sure we link out to the book, Present Over Perfect, so everyone can get a chance to grab copies of that. And thanks so much for coming on with us. Hey, thanks, Shauna.
4: Great. Thank you.
1: The church boys. The Man, I hate these guys.
2: All right, got to get out of here in just a few minutes, and it's been pretty much the... Uh, the update here's what here's what's been happening in our lives episode which entertains us but not, might not entertain you but frankly we don't really care because we're not being paid to do this
1: <laughs>
2: so um bill <laughs> I forgot about how wonderful this was you reminded me during the break that we should give people a little update on your your traveling travails uh, uh you know, your adventures
3: with the uh, american 90% of the time, I'm convinced when I travel that I'm on a reality show. Do you remember that show, Airline, where they would just follow people around on Southwest and they'd get intoxicated and they would just show like the reality of what it was like? Yeah. I'm always certain that I'm on one of those shows and nobody's telling me it's a candid camera. And, and I cannot get a flight into New York City without some kind of drama. Every right. single time. On the way on this trip, okay, I was hours late. Okay, hours late. I'm sitting on the in the in the airplane where we haven't moved, and I'm thinking, what is going on? This is crazy. And next thing I find out, my wife texts me, "Did you know there's an active shooter in the airport?" Jeez. And and I it turns out there was no shooter, but somebody got off the plane and thought they heard gunshots, and the and then think the airport was evacuated at JFK. So it was crazy. Awful. Then on the way home, I can't get a flight home. That is not without a problem. And it was just total chaos. I ended up getting home at like 2.30 in the morning. And that's another reason why we ended up not recording was the chaos of me needing to work the next day and, and be up and ready. <laughs> um, I just can't handle it. Like, why is right. airfare and air travel like a third world experience well, always? That's
2: awful. And airlines, are, and they're getting worse. It's not like things are improving. Technology improves. Everything else improves. Somehow the airlines miss the whole, the whole trend.
3: Everything else in our life is improving. Well, the Except worst part tra- airline, is that. Travel. Well, I paid for a seat upgrade. Okay, I paid. I well, never of do, you do this because by you're the way. a fancy lad. That's why. you No, did that. never. Here's why. I wanted to write the book on the way home. I never do this. I thought I'm going to write the book. This will be great. Never do it. I pay my $60. And then, of course, my flights, I, I miss my flight because it's everything so late on the way home. And I finally get onto a different flight. And they're like, well, we'll give you an exit row seat so you have more leg room. But I'm like, well, okay, fine. But I want my $60 back because an exit row seat is not a seat you pay more money for. Well, some uh, some airlines it is. Well, not in my world. And so I was like, I want my $60 back. This has been a rigmarole. I want my money back. (laughs) And so I start tweeting American Airlines about how disappointed I am, which is what I do when I'm disappointed. And they start interacting with me as a brand with a personality. And literally, it was like... I wish I had the tweet. Didn't I send it to you? The bizarre tweet they sent me back. Hold on, I defined to find it because yeah. it was so weird. It was like I'm I'm venting at them about how angry I am at how how ridiculous their service was. And they and they just kind of responded like, "Yes, aren't we wonderful?" I mean, <laughs> it no, something. it was the weirdest. And because I was like, "I'm never coming back on American Airlines again." Like I'm really not. Um, I'm I'm not doing this not for a long time because this is super disappointing. Right. And their response was, "I have it here." We absolutely understand, and will be always waiting for another date in the skies with open wings. I
2: wanted to throw my phone. <laughs> it's like, why don't, why don't you come here? I'm going to punch you right in the
3: schnoz. <laughs> You're waiting with open wings? Are you kidding me? <laughs> your open wings are going to get cut off. You your your open wings that like can't seem to take off on time uh, it's, are uh, waiting for me.
2: And it's, it's I, t- I swear to you, it is getting worse, and they don't care. I swear, There's got to be some sort of collusion. Like, you know what, you treat people like dirt and you treat people like dirt, you treat people like dirt, and we'll treat people like dirt. They won't have a competitor to go to. If we're just
3: jerks to everybody,
2: they'll just keep you know flying who, with us. You know and the who fact isn't, is, though, we do.
3: Jet I will say jet blue Which goes I, nowhere. Well, and and the East Coast it does. Yeah. You you where you are it's hard, but JetBlue, you, I've always had great experiences. I, I know some people have. I can't think of one, and I've flown on JetBlue a lot, probably more than any other airline. And and so I will, you know, more props to them. And maybe we should bleep out American Airlines. <laughs> but I mean, you, you tweeted it, you put it all over Twitter. Well, no, but the fact, though, that they said that back to me in a direct message yeah. made me insane. I was like, are right. you kidding me? <laughs> Is this for real? All right, end this show. I'm done. But Oh, wait, but the bonus. you want to tell them about the bonus?
2: I don't know what was the bonus. Or what are you committing are me you, to? Wait, wait, wait. What are you committing me to? I was in the middle of texting, uh, tweeting a picture of you mid-yammer.
3: There are, t- <laughs> You're stupid. There are two episodes coming this week. This what? was just the first one.
2: What? This is ridiculous. Yeah. What kind of nonsense yep. are you spouting, Mr. Hollowell?
3: That's it. So prepare for another episode this weekend that actually has real content you care about. <laughs>
2: <laughs> We're going to we give him something besides the family update
1: show. Yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, we're gonna give them why the don't real you, content.
3: Why, why don't we talk to Andrea? So this we, picture's
2: terrifying. <laughs> let's see if we can get Andrea on the show. Maybe we can get maybe we can
3: get Laura to call back too.
2: Here oh,
3: are <laughs> awful Andrea will totally come on. Won't that be great? Is she upstairs? Uh, she is. All right.
2: The Church Boys.